Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. I'm Jackie and joining me is... I'm Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. So how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm great. (laughs) I'm fabulous. How are you? (laughs) I am good. I'm good. I have some good news. I successfully passed my IELTS speaking test examiner gig and um, I did my first seven speaking exams yesterday, actually. Oh, wow. um, So do you mind sharing all the details? All the details. Well, um, yeah, sure. So I don't really know all the details yet, even. Well, I'm still quite the, new. What was the testing process like for you? Oh, the, oh it was, um, it's, it's all very like well prescribed. So there's three parts to the test. And the first two parts are just, you read exactly from the booklet. So there's kind of no variation from that. And then the third part, you can ask follow-up questions and kind of like format questions how you want based on the level of the students. So there is a little bit of freedom in that, but and the timing is very precise, so you have to keep tra- an eye on the time, and then you have to be on top of the questions, and then you also have to um, evaluate, of course, as they're speaking. It happens in real time, so it's kind of a lot going on, but um, compared to like when I did speaking tests in Korea with my students at university, um, it was simpler in a lot of ways because in Korea, you know, if, if someone was really struggling, I felt like, oh, they're my student. Where have I gone wrong? And I felt yes. responsible or I felt like I had to help them or coach them or like kind of guide them. Where this test, it's just like, they're not my students and I'm just solely there to evaluate and I don't need to give feedback to the students. Actually, you you can't. You're not allowed to give feedback to students um, or, or people after it happens. And you don't need to coach them. You just simply repeat the question if they don't understand. And then you move on to the next question. So in that way, um, it kind of goes against my natural like teaching <laughs> instinct. Right. But it's less emotionally exhausting, I guess, because I don't actually know these people. And I, I'm not like, I don't know their stories. And I'm not vested in, in like invested in their like, oh, my God, he has to get into medical school. <laughs> or like, right. oh, no, he needs this for immigration. Like, I don't know their stories. So yeah. um, I'm just simply there to evaluate their speaking. So um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. And I think it's going to be like a really good part time job for sure. Yeah. And have. so what what happens after the test? Like how long do you have to spend after the kids are done or the testees are done? Um, well, it's it's pretty simple. Um, you just go in a few, like 10 minutes before and then kind of organize all your papers, make sure you have the recording device, make sure that it has a battery, all of that. And then you do your speaking tests. And so the place I go to, you work for two hours so that you do six tests in two hours and then you get a 30 minute break and then you do six more tests and then you can get a 30 minute break, but you can do a two hour shift or a four hour shift or six hours or, or whatever you would like. And then um, you get 20 minutes per test and each one takes about 14 minutes or 15 minutes. So uh, you just spend that couple minutes after the test evaluating them and okay. yeah, you just give them like a number. There's four categories and you just give them a number from one to nine. So you don't have to write comments or, or any of that. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes. So it's quite simple. It takes, yeah. I'm sure once I get more experienced, um, I'll know <laughs> how to do it or, you know, like, like it'll be faster. Right now I'm like, oh, are they a seven? Are they a six? 6.5? I like to bait in my head, but I'm sure with yeah. my experience, then, then I'll know um, more easily. Um, yeah, I think that's are. the hard thing when you're like 
when you're marking listening, that is, mm-hmm. I think, the hard thing. Even if you have a really good rubric, you have that. I mean, nobody fits perfectly into a rubric. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's tough. And yeah, but I mean, I've, I've also had lots of experience with doing speaking tests in Korea and stuff. So it's like, um, and same with doing writing exams, actually, like when I was marking writing, I would read their thesis statement and then I would read all their topic sentences and then I knew what grade they were going to get in the end. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't have to read everything else in between. I, I just had so much experience. Like after 10 years of it, I just knew where the speaking, I think it will eventually become kind of the same. Like I'll know in the first couple minutes, like what, um, what grade they will probably get and the rest will just kind of be like confirming or denying that. Um, yeah, because it gets the test gets harder as it goes on from question right. one is about personal stuff. And then question part two is like a one to two minute um, speech about a topic. And then part three is like general um, question. So it's not personal, but general, like about people in general. So opinions instead of facts. So it gets more difficult. So um, some people are fine with part one and then they get worse and worse. But some people actually impress me more. I'm like, oh, they actually, you're better than I thought you were. Right. Um, yeah, and they impress me as the test goes on. So, um, yeah, so it depends. But All right. Well, that's, that's great. So shall we move on to today's interview? Sure. So who is it today, Jennifer? His name is Brad Schmitz, and he is the founder of Alaskan English Adventures. And I really, I kind of gushed during the interview because I just think it is the greatest idea ever. Mm-hmm. But basically, he does English um, language, like short, short courses that are combined with an Alaskan adventure vacation. Wow. Yeah. So the students have uh, like set classes in the morning for a couple of hours, and then they go, go do super fun stuff. And he's got two trips planned for this summer. Um, and like, they do things like panning for gold and they can, yeah, I mean, like all sorts of stuff. And (laughs) of course, like using English throughout the day, but then like the set sort of classroom environment for the morning. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. All right. Well, should we get to the interview? Yeah. So sorry, you couldn't have been there, but, uh, It was a great interview, so I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. All right. Thank you. All right. Enjoy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Because I came out to a really special place in Anchorage. It's called Potter's Marsh, and it's like a marshland right at the base of the Chugach Mountain Range, and there's a lot of birds out here this time of year, so there's a lot of singing birds, and it's just a really nice, scenic, peaceful place that I thought would be fun to, to capture our interview on. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Can yeah. you see back there? I can. That looks amazing. So are you just getting your day started over there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my son went to school and um, uh, my daughter and my wife are at home right now. So I'll be heading to my day job once we're done with this interview and such in a little bit. Okay. So I guess um, since you brought up school and these are COVID times, 
What is the school situation there in Alaska? Well, students have resumed going back, at least I know just for the Anchorage areas, that school has resumed back in the building. It started maybe two to three months ago or so that school has been back in. Um, so it's all sort of back to normal there. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's good. Um, you know, I don't know what the percentage of like people with the vaccination here in the Anchorage area is. It's, it's really hard to say. I'm not sure what that might be. Um, I just know with the tourism wing that the state of Alaska is offering free COVID vaccines um, to tourists that come into the state this summer. And they would receive their first shot of the vaccine, either of Moderna or Pfizer, when they get off their airplane at the airport. They have a clinic set up at the airport. And if they're here for 21 days, they can get their second Pfizer shot. If they're here for at least 28 days, they can get the second Moderna shot. So that would be the full vaccination at that point. I'm not sure about the Johnson & Johnson. That's just one shot that might be available, but that isn't clear um, according to the state government at this time. Still, that's uh, quite a, a good uh, tourism incentive that the government is investing in. Certainly. Yeah. And what, with my tours that I'm trying to sell and that I have listed on my website, um, they're not 21 or 28 days. They're much shorter. One is six days and one is 10 days. So in that regard, if the customer and the student would like to get a shot done when they first arrive, we'll arrange for that to happen. But they'll have to get the second shot, either a Pfizer or Moderna, the matching shot when they return to their home country. Okay. Yeah. But still, um, it's still a, a good thing, I think. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, so I guess uh, on that note, let's let's dive right in. So today's guest is Brad Schmitz, who uh, has taught overseas and is currently running what I think might be the most interesting and exciting English teaching job I have ever heard of. So, Brad, would you tell us a little bit about your uh, English teaching experience? Sure. I, I began teaching ESL when I was in college. Um, this is back in the late 90s. In my hometown at my university, I had to do some volunteer work for a class I was taking, and I hooked up with a refugee center in town. And I ended up, I was assigned just to work with one man from Iraq that was a political refugee in my hometown. But as soon as I started teaching him, we started getting along. He started learning and such. I ended up like inheriting a class of Iraqi men. And I had a class of like 12 or 15 of these single guys from Iraq that ended up in Boise, my hometown. And we, we taught a class. And it was a real, real amazing experience. Just really turned me on to, um, to teaching ESL and to educating others and, and kind of helping people in that regard. I... I had another class where I worked with some kids from Bosnia. Um, from there, I taught a class in Denver, Colorado, um, like a short-term class about six weeks long to about six students that went really well. And I had a friend from my university that was teaching in Korea and she hooked me up on a job in Ichon City, Korea um, at Single Way Education Center. So in 2004, I left, um, America and went to Korea 
taught English in Korea. I was there for about eight months. I taught in Ichon City, and then I also taught at a school called J&D Elite Academy in Boondong and had a really great experience and just learned kind of what what a huge market there was firsthand for overseas language programs for students in Korea. And I had lived in Alaska before I went to Korea, and I had lived on the Yukon River and caught a salmon. I had seen the Northern Lights a few times. I had seen Denali, or at the time it was Mount McKinley several times, and had some amazing experiences. Got to do a lot of hiking, a lot of outdoor adventuring. And I just got to thinking about it, and I thought, boy, you know, what would it take when I get back to the United States to start an outdoor adventure company that would combine ESL education and immersion with outdoor adventure. And I knew that this would have to happen in Alaska. Alaska would definitely be the place and the destination for something like this. You know, Alaska has things to offer that the lower 48 just does not have, like um, Northern Lights, for instance. So my journey continued on and um, I ended, I was in Australia for a few years. I organized a weekend getaway trip for some ESL students that I was tutoring. So that was kind of a kickoff. I didn't want to wait till I was in Alaska to start my company. So I organized a weekend getaway with ESL education and a trip to the beach in Australia. And then I came back and my family and I, we moved to Anchorage in August of 2013 so that we would be in Alaska. And I started my company, Alaska English Adventures, in 2017. So... Um, now we're, we're advertising summer tours like this summer. There's one in July, the end of July, and then the beginning and middle of August, one on the Fairbanks and Denali area and the August trip on the Kenai Peninsula, which will hit Anchorage, Seward and Cooper Landing. Um, we have ESL classes most days of the tour where we'll do actual formal English education type of an experience. And then the rest of the day, we'll be doing outdoor adventure items as well. Yeah, I had a look at your website and the two tours look fantastic. Like, um, if I were to be able to travel overseas to study a foreign language, it would be, yeah, something like that would be great. You know, a couple of hours of studying a day and then the rest of the time, beautiful scenery, amazing adventures. Yeah, I think you've really found uh, an excellent uh, combination of uh, business or like learning experiences there. Most definitely. And, you know, if you want to learn English, Alaska is a wonderful place to do it. You know why? Because English is the language that is spoken everywhere. All of your writing, wherever you go for anything is in English. And with our tours, you are going to have the formal English classes with students and with instructors. But then after that, there's going to be multiple opportunities every day to interact with native English speakers in restaurants, in hotels, in, when we're doing adventure items, when we're just walking about town, um, doing all kinds of different activities. So, you know, our tours are a lot of fun and a lot of like a tourism based items, right? Like salmon fishing and whitewater rafting in Denali National Park and gold panning in Fairbanks and ocean kayaking in Seward. But we also want to be able to offer something that would improve the skill sets for these students so that they actually get some value out of their experience while they're in Alaska as well. And um, could you tell, like, who are your sort of average students? Well, for a student, 
we're looking probably the, the youngest age would be maybe 11 or 12 years old, kind of depending on that student's maturity level, if they're going to be able to be in a foreign country for seven to 10 days and be okay without their parents. So that's something to consider. And we're looking, the age range can really go up, you know, as high as the student would like to go, but we're kind of targeting maybe 25 to 30 years old. So kind of that, that young age, teenager, young adult um, age frame. And students will not, they'll have to be, have at least a moderate understanding of the English language. They can't be a total beginner um, and expect to learn, hi, hello, how are you? You know, those types of concepts when they're here on a tour, they have to have at least a common understanding of, of basic concepts in the English language to be able to participate. Right, so do you do any sort of assessment or do you have them, like do they need a TOEFL or a TOEIC or is it self-assessed? Well, pretty much it's a self-assessment at this point. Um, it could be done with, either with myself or with staff we're going to be working with and with the kids before they sign up and get their tuition paid and such, just to make sure they're on they're in the right level, I guess. Um, I'd also would, I, I would be very open and willing to communicate with any instructors or teachers that the students have in their home country to let me know kind of what their level is at as well. well I think we've just about covered everything. Again, I just, I can't get over what a fun business you have. What a great way to combine English with a fun vacation. Exactly. And, you know, we want to push that if people want to learn more, you know, your viewers to check out our website, alaskaenglishadventures.com. And when on the site, be sure to click on the adventure link, the education link, the schedule link, and the itinerary link. All of those links at the top of the site will give you really good description of the day-to-day -day activities of what, what's going to be happening while they're on tour. Yeah, it's a pretty jam-packed schedule. Yeah, and I, I, would, I would love to be able to offer to your viewers that um, my email address is listed on the website as well, which is alaskaenglish1 at gmail.com. If any of your viewers would like to send me their post mailing address, right? So not their email, but a post mailing address, I would be happy to send them Alaska postcard and just a handwritten greeting from Alaska kind of a thing, just to kind of make a connection. It's very, it's very easy and very inexpensive for me to send postcards to other places in the world. And, I'm, and I love doing that. I love sending postcards just kind of as a friendly greeting and an easy way to get to know somebody. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think this will probably mo mainly be heard by teachers, but certainly their students would love to see the, the pictures. And that would be a good way for the teachers to introduce their students to uh, sure. your program. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and also in Alaska, you know, salmon are like the probably the number one um, valued export throughout the entire state each summer some of the, it's the best wild salmon in the world come to alaska they, they come from the ocean to their native and home lakes or riverbeds to spawn and it's something it's at least like between 75 and 95 million salmon it's i think is what the average number is each summer and we've worked out we have a partner that um is a is a considered one of the a best for one of the primest locations of the salmon, which is Bristol Bay, and she is happy if people are interested in buying salmon and having salmon sent to them in their home country, tentatively Korea, 
we can arrange for that to happen as well. So you could oh, get wow. like a taste of Alaska in your Korean hagwon um, if you so desire. You, you just have to reach out to me like via my email address and we can work on making that happen as well. All right. So if somebody wanted to do like a little Alaska culture lesson or something. Certainly. Certainly. All right. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me. This is Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's nice to talk to you as well. Yeah. It's time for the teaching tip of the week. This week's tip is called story sequence. So to play this, you will break the students into pairs or small groups. This works well with uh, one table working together as long as it's a smallish table. And each group will need a series of sentences that together form a paragraph or a short story or a series of sequential images that can be used to form a story. And these should all be mixed up and the students will need to work together to put them in the correct sequence from beginning to end. And once they have finished, if their level is high enough, you can have them write the story down. All right, that's it. I hope that helped. Let us know if you used it and enjoyed it. All right, Jennifer, thanks so much for doing that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed talking to him. And he went, actually, um, we had like a video chat. He went out into a little area that had some amazing scenery near his house. So I actually put a little clip on YouTube just so people could see the the beautiful surroundings like he was just I think in a park or something and all you can see in the back was just this huge range of mountains it was really beautiful I love it I love it all right well that sounds great so um Jennifer if people want to find you online where where can they look well they could go to my YouTube channel teach travel learn or my blog which I'm inching closer to updating every day <laughs> as we speak. I've actually got some photos together to put up. Oh, Hopefully perfect. I'll get those done. Yeah, um, I want to see Russia. I want to see Russia yes. photos. <laughs> this coming weekend, we're taking the overnight train to St. Petersburg. So my plan okay, is perfect. to uh, get the previous two trips up before we have the new one. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> and where can people find you? Uh, well, they can find me at eslactivity.org. And then um, the, all the podcast information is eslactivity.org slash podcast. And you can also find me on YouTube under Jackie Bolin or have a look. Um, Jennifer and I have a bunch of books. Um, you can find on Amazon or Kobo or Google Books or wherever you like to buy books. So just look up Jennifer Booker Smith or Jackie Bolin and you'll you'll be able to find them. All right, everyone. So I think that's it. We will catch you next time. Thanks everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye.